0: Obviously a lot is uncertain right now, but one thing is sure, and it's that cancer isn't going to stop just because there's a global crisis going on. So on Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. climb. Hey folks, welcome in to onto Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at the Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Patrick Mooney. Despite my protestations uh, in the last episode that uh, you know Sahadev was dealing with a, another one-time plumbing issue and that he would be back with us, he is—he's uh, out again. And I'm told, at least Mooney's vouching for it, that uh, Sahadev is not dealing with another. Plumbing issue this time, so we'll we'll credit him that. Uh, you know, look, I understand <laughs> the way houses work. You know, if you got a plumbing issue in one area, it can sort of be impacted in others. But once it gets to like the three or four absences for plumbing issues, people do start to make assumptions about what's actually going on with respect to your dumps. So I just feel like I got a clear. Clear the air there, so to speak, that this one not a plumbing issue. It's actually it's work related, so it's he's an excused absence. So Mooney and I will uh, carry the load, so to speak, for this one. Um, but uh, you know, as you folks know, it's been a very, you know, even in the absence of baseball, it's been a very busy week on the news side of things as May comes to a close. A variety of things are happening around the sport. Um, essentially, organizations. Uh, in conjunction with Major League Baseball, had made certain um, plans with respect to to paying and employing their employees through May and uh, also paying a stipend to minor leaguers through May. <clears throat> and with the end of the month coming upon us, uh, a lot of decisions are being made. Uh, obviously, we know about um, the Cubs made a decision that they were not going to um, – lay anyone off or or engage in furloughs on the employee side right now. They're just instituting some pay cuts, mostly at the higher levels and on the minor league side. um, Mooney actually just uh, reported this this week that the Cubs will be paying the stipend. They will continue to pay the stipend to their minor league players at least through June. And that will include uh, a group of players that have been uh, released this week. So that's another thing that we're seeing around baseball is a, definitely a higher volume of minor league players released than in a typical year. Um, You can point to the financial implications of that. I think that's, that's probably part of the reason, but I also think we have to recognize that if major league baseball and minor league baseball's uh, new deal goes forward later this year, which is going to include a significant contraction of minor league affiliates uh, down to about 120 or four per organization, there are going to be just significantly fewer spots for players uh, in organizations next year. And so what you're going to see then is just a natural winnowing down of professional baseball players and affiliated ball. Um, And since there won't be a minor league season this year, most likely that means that winnowing is going to start now for a lot of organizations. So you could see um, JJ Cooper baseball America just recently, uh, got that list of the players the Cubs have released. It's, you know, it's a group of guys who, if you're a pretty hardcore uh, prospecting type, you'd recognize some of the names. I mean, Oscar De La Cruz is certainly the, the biggest, but uh, Charcer Burks is a guy we've talked about before, Ian Rice, um, some some more recent signings, like Brock Stewart was on a minor league deal, Carlos Asuahe, Um but it's a group of guys that you, you always want to bet on as many guys as you possibly can. But it's also a group of guys that, that more likely than not were not going to contribute this year at the big league level and weren't necessarily going to survive the off season um, in the organization. So that's the decision that's made. They do get the stipend at least through June. And again, this all is taking place at the same time as as the major leagues and the owners and the players are trying to coordinate some kind of deal to make this season happen, which will necessarily impact things at the minor league level on some uh, at least on some level. And so let's talk kind of about the latest on that. You know, we had obviously the owners submitted their first official proposal this week on the economic side of things it involved a, a sliding pay cut scale where the, the players on the biggest salaries would take the biggest cuts in addition to the uh, prorating of their salaries that's already been agreed to in March. And the players did not react uh, positively to that plan. They, right now their position is – There is no need to take additional pay cuts beyond the pro rating. And um, that's kind of where they're, they're leaving things until it's time for them to submit a a proposal of their own. And I kind of wanted to tee that up a bit for you, uh, Mooney, to just kind of talk about a little more of what's going on. I know you guys are digging in on this stuff and and the rest of us are just kind of waiting and watching.
1: Well, I think the entire kind of baseball ecosystem is waiting on uh, Manfred's team and Tony Clark's uh, union leadership group to get a deal done. And, you know, June 1st is kind of this, you know, soft deadline uh, if teams want to have, you know, four weeks for pitchers to ramp up uh, in camp and three, four uh, position players and kind of the, the longer – it goes, uh, the more likely you're going to see the shorter, uh, and shorter season. So the Cubs have been hoping for a resolution and that's kind of framed really all of their def- decisions on the business <clears throat> and baseball side. Um, while it's not totally satisfying to go, uh, month to month, whether you're kind of an associate working on the business side or a minor league player it's better than what kind of the A's and Angels have done in terms of just kind of you know gutting their operation and you know telling people you know they're on on furlough you know beginning immediately after the draft or you know until the end of October something like that Uh, but the Cubs also haven't you know, done what the Phillies did and give, you know, their people kind of the peace of mind of saying no layoffs or furloughs until Halloween, which is the end of their fiscal year, or nor have they matched what I think just came out for the Royals and maybe the twins as well of, you know, kind of committing to pay their minor leaguers um, through the end of August or into August, something like that. So obviously we can't fit into one tweet, the, unfair economics of uh basically minor leaguers poverty wages there's obviously a cruel uh you know side of this business some of these cuts would have come at the end of march or whatever if spring training hadn't shut down you have this what you mentioned Brett this really bleak outlook for minor league baseball as a whole with um you know, roughly 40 teams kind of set to be put uh, on the chopping block. And really even those teams, you know, th- that aren't on that list, uh, are going to have a really rough, uh, kind of go of it because there's you no, know, absolutely no expectations, uh, for a-, a minor league season this year. The Cubs haven't firmed up any sort of, you know, plans of what they would, you know, want to do with, you know, some of their best prospects. But I think there's a chance that, you know, maybe you'd see uh, an expanded Arizona Fall League and a chance for maybe, you know, that taxi squad wouldn't just consist of necessarily your, you know, 26th man or your 27th man, your 31st guy. that They could maybe sprinkle in um, some of the guys they really want to get a look at and give them some Uh, exposure this year, even though there would be no kind of uh, expectation that they'd be playing in the majors this year.
0: All right, folks, I want to talk to you for a minute about something deeply important, smell, because smell is important. We want to smell good. You know, maybe spritz on a little cologne and you smell good. Well, I want to talk to you about Hawthorne, okay? So, see, they got this deal where they can help you figure out the cologne that's going to be right for you, okay? So, like, do you ever get, uh, you know, particular – uh, comments from people about like what smells good coming off your body because see our bodies process the sense a little bit differently right so what you can do is there's going to be a quick two-minute quiz at hawthorne and it's going to tell you the two colognes that are the best fit for you personally one is for work one is for play see you want to smell uh, good at both right uh, it's totally risk-free Free shipping, free returns, all that good stuff. So you're going to want to check this out. Uh, go to Hawthorn.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Okay, Hawthorne.co. And use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. So go to Hawthorn.co, use the promo code ATHLETIC, get 10% off your first purchase, figure out how to smell good. They're going to help you with that. Hawthorne.co. Yeah, it's going to set up a very strange situation for the organization, not just the Cubs, most organizations as a whole, not only trying to figure out how do you make do with the, the, the coming reality for minor league baseball um, with coordinating player development this year when there's no season, maybe, like you said, some kind of modified late year Arizona fall league or or similar exhibition style play. But then you've also got to have upwards of 20 guys at the ready without the benefit of a minor league season going on. So you somehow have to have some of your upper level minor leaguers and or some of your best prospects staying game ready without necessarily the ability to play games. Um, I, I am, you know, fascinated by how, you know, obviously having a 30-man roster, if that's what comes to fruition, is going to help. But, I mean, I'm thinking about if you suffer a couple serious injuries on the positional side and you need starting level innings from someone filling in among that, you know, 20-man taxi squad, it's like how in the world have they been staying sharp that they could slot right in in August or whatever, you know, if you're a month or two into the season? Uh, I think that's going to be... Uh, you know, And I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir that nobody knows what that's going to look like, but um, it also, I think, underscores this idea that like t- organizations, as these releases underscore, they need to be making decisions um, for the, the longer term, for the medium term, and in the absence of any definitive knowledge that a season this year will definitely happen. Um, and I'm not trying to engender sympathy for these organizations that are, um, in some ways, making some um, penny-wise, pound-foolish decisions, but I do think that it is fair to say that it's really hard to know what's going to be coming, and to operate in that vacuum, um, you know, it does make it more understandable that some organizations like the Cubs have decided to just go month to month, and it's like, you know, we're not saying we're going to, immediately ditch everybody after June but it's like we need to see what's actually in place at that time so on some level I I do get it but I I do have to say I respect um you know the twins and the royals that have said that they will pay their minor leaguers through August which was would have been the end of the their regular season and I think that in a world where a draft is five rounds and Players after that can sign for only up to $20,000. And there are going to be talented players that are going to want to become professionals regardless of the small signing bonus. And frankly, if you're deciding among organizations to join, there are going to be organizations that have a pretty good sales pitch in this environment to say, hey, when everything was going to shit, we were still doing everything we could to take care of our people and give them that security. Don't you want to be a part of an organization like that? And so when I think about the Cubs, I, I don't directly mean it to be a critique of how they've approached this in a more um, cautious way, but it's, it's like you, I don't know. I feel like you're missing out on a possible sales pitch by going this route.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really hard to kind of balance every single perspective here because I think anecdotally uh, just talking to Cubs players at the, throughout the minor leagues at the major league level, uh, they've really felt it's been uh, a first class experience when you're talking about uh, kind of all the amenities, the concierge services, the technology available, the nutritionists, the facilities. I mean, all that stuff costs money. And I think while we haven't seen, you know, those major league pitchers kind of develop uh, on a, on a homegrown scale, you uh, you did see kind of a homegrown core for uh a World Series and a lot of you know kind of talented people uh roll through there. And, you know, I think to a certain extent they, you know, should get a, a benefit of the doubt in that regard. But I think also, I mean, you know it, Brett, whenever you kind of write something about this, the economics of it, it's well, you know, the owners are the billionaires. They should just take care of it. You know what I mean? I think there's also something to that too. Like they don't get, you know, you don't get world series parades for kind of going month to month, uh, with your employees. And so obviously these are really, uh, complicated decisions that have lots of real life consequences in a way that, you know, we're we're not playing fantasy baseball here of talking, you know, trades and, Free agent signings—it's um, you know a really vast ecosystem that relies on you know the Cubs or the Red Sox or the Dodgers to kind of you know, support uh, their families, and these are people we've never heard of or you wouldn't recognize on the street. But there's a lot of kind of um, you know real world impact here, and that's what you know I'm told Theo has tried to lay out in his kind of virtual calls with employees of. You know, here's maybe a a best case scenario, here's a a worst case scenario, and maybe some stuff in between, and you should uh, individually prepare uh, for each of them. And really, it comes down to whether or not they can strike a deal, uh, whether or not they can keep playing in the middle of a pandemic, and whether or not they reach the finish line uh, of the World Series and rake in all that TV money, and maybe it's still really Bad And the baseball industry still has a real reckoning on its hands, but maybe it's not um, kind of the you know, mutually assured destruction that would be if these two uh, opposing sides
0: don't strike a deal here in the next, you know, couple days or, you know, weeks. Uh, and now a uh, quick word from our sponsor, you know, we got to we got to keep keep the lights on here. So uh, check this out. Did you know 75% of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated? Did you know that? Uh, we are suffering unnecessarily from headaches, energy slumps, poor focus, things like that. Have you noticed it in yourself? Doesn't have to be that way. Uh, Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes that your body needs. That's sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc for you chemistry peeps out there. Uh, They help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no, uh, you know, like synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners or any of that stuff. It's a vegan formula and you can choose between three different uh, flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at uh, just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. And uh, you can save even more with a monthly subscription. And you can save even more if you use our promo code when you go to do your first order. So go to drinkhydrant.com, and you're going to use the promo code CUBS at checkout. How easy is that to remember? Uh, CUBS at checkout, drinkhydrant.com, get 25% off. Boom, you're hydrated, and uh, we can get back to the show now. Well, and to that end, let me give a shout to... Uh, Jason Stark, who put up a fantastic yeah. piece at the Athletic, that I think, f- at least for me, so in every way that we try to talk about this um, negotiation, the ugliness, like I feel like it's a constant battle to assure people that, I, as as much as I want a deal to get done because I can see the bigger picture for the sport, and that's what matters to me. You know, I'm a, I'm a sort of a fan focused guy um that i'm not equally blaming both sides for this like that isn't the issue i think that um while there does need to be some you know um, good faith negotiation by the players i think ultimately when you're talking about any business it is the owners that have to bear more of the responsibility of what's going to happen with your business that's just the nature of owning a business and so i i Hate that every conversation that you try to have about this becomes either, ah, you're just carrying water for the owners or, ah, you're just for these crybaby millionaire players. Like, Stark's piece was so fantastic because it wasn't about that. It was more about this idea that everyone, if you could sit on top of this conversation and just look down, you would see the crystal clear risks presented by shutting down because of money versus the crystal clear opportunities presented to the sport if you are able to play right now. And we say if, because even if there's a deal, like Mooney said, you still have to be able to play through a pandemic and get through four or five months to get through the postseason. But if you're able to do that, the benefits to the sport and to the very people that we are talking about now, the minor leaguers, the employees, the ancillary connected parties, the, the benefits to them in the long term for this sport Will be enormous and of course then that benefit will inure to the owners that stick it out and we'll see their franchise values continue to grow and to the players who may see their uh, salaries finally not uh, stay flat at a time when revenues are growing but it, it's a it's a true carrot and a stick situation that if the mutually assured destruction as you put it happens it's just like not only are you getting the very very bad thing of having baseball absent from the world for 18 months, major league baseball, at least absent from the world for 18 months. And the conversation that's lost with that, the opportunities that the, or excuse me, the pain that's inflicted monetarily, emotionally, et cetera. It's also that you don't get the carrot of this truly unique opportunity to be something that, you know, we were hearing for weeks at the outset of these conversations, the PR spin about like what a healing magnetic thing. Baseball can be for this nation at this time, which, you know, that actually is true. I, I shouldn't be so sarcastic because there is something there, but you actually have to get back and play to take advantage of that opportunity. And that's this is for a sport that was flagging in interest for years. The median age of an average baseball fan, the median age goes up by a year every year because the, the, the interest in the sport is not developing at a rate to keep pace uh, with the, the falling off of fans. And so... At a time when that was already happening, you've now been seeded an opportunity to to maybe reverse that course. So to spit in the face of that opportunity because of money and then to inflict the pain that is going to be inflicted on so many people besides the players and owners. If you decide not to play um, is is really galling. And, and Jason Stark's piece, which, again, I just really, really encourage people to read. It encapsulates that very well. Um, And so, yeah, I I just would strongly encourage people to check that out.
1: Yeah, I think we discussed another one of Jason's columns earlier in the middle of the shutdown about kind of the trickle down effect to college baseball and like what we're talking about here uh, in terms of all those demographic indicators um, and, you know, opportunity costs you outlined there, Brett. I mean, it's not just that. In the show, it's like if you're kind of systematically dismantling um, every kind of entry point to baseball, whether it's fewer minor league teams, a shorter draft, uh, a sport that's kind of getting you know more and more uh, expensive. It's not easy to just pick up and you know play. Um, it's if it's a sport for you know kids who can whose parents can afford like strength coaches and swing coaches and, you know, biomechanic uh, pitching experts and, you know, the people who can buy rap sodos or whatever, um, all of a sudden people, uh, we've talked about this before, people are kind of developing uh, different habits during this and they're learning what they can uh, live without, what they want to prioritize and I think deep down baseball has to understand that I spoke with kind of you know, s- someone on, on each side of it, just kind of, you know, generally just kind of their thoughts and they both kind of had some optimism that they, they felt that, um, you know, either both sides kind of recognize the, the weight of this, the opportunity, as well as, you know, the, the sense of history of how this would go down if they can't get a deal done. And that, were, was kind of the takeaways that I took uh, into this weekend, you know, hoping that um, these sides can come to, you know, a kind of a fair, equitable deal um, and that this isn't, you know, some, you know, black mark upon the game. And, you know, we're, you know, waiting until February 2021 for when pitchers and catchers report. I think that would just be a doomsday scenario for the, the entire baseball industry.
0: Well, I'm Matt bright note we'll leave it uh hoping that the next time we chat or at least maybe the next time after that we can solely focus on the pandemic related risks of playing and trying to play (laughs) through that um it's it's it is very joyful to think that like we go through this strain of being like oh god can they just figure out a deal come together oh yeah this isn't even necessarily the hard part of getting through the season so um we'll see on that front But, uh, you know, keep tabs, uh, folks, this weekend. You know, be checking out The Athletic because you're going to probably see some updates. um, And obviously, you'll want to follow Mooney on Twitter, PJ underscore Mooney, Sahadev as well, Sahadev Sharma. You can follow me uh, also, Brett underscore A underscore Taylor. Although you'll mostly, in this context, just you'll see me retweeting these guys and either making fun of Sahadev's plumbing or, um, you know, parsing words very, very tightly in what Mooney tweets. Uh, what did he mean by maybe? <laughs> Uh So, you know, thank you guys for listening. Hope you're having a uh, good weekend. And we will be back at you uh, very soon and, uh, you know, keep you posted on the latest. Thanks.